0: It's November 28th, 2016. Jesse is occupied by his occupation. Emily is obliged by her obligations. And I'm Colin Detmar. And this is Bottle Crow Reborn. Solo queue. I'm super excited for the next episode we record once my co-hosts are available again. But tonight, it's just me. And we're going to do things a little differently. This episode's late because I was really worried about how I'd record an episode with just me. I've gotten pretty used to conversational podcasting. But this was going to have to be something else altogether, and I didn't have any ideas. And then I had one. It's called the State of the Game Address for Patch 6.88. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen of the Dota community, we stand at the precipice of, if you'll pardon the word, play a new journey. The next patch will hit in under two weeks now, and the indications are that it's going to be a big one. Not just for the inclusion of the first new hero to be added to Dota 2 since, you know, Dota 1. But also for its consequences to the rest of the game. Now, let's not get our expectations out of control because, you know, we all know how that goes. We get disappointed for sure if we get our hopes up a little too much. But this patch, be it 6.89 or 7.00 or whatever it ends up getting called is going to bring some changes and some big changes and if we want those changes hmm. and if we want to face those changes with calm hearts and level heads we need to know where we stand right now so let's talk about 6.88 where the game is right now both in competitive and in pub metas And I want to start off with a sort of an overview of of where the roles are. Support, carry, and offlaner. Obviously, that's a little reductive, but we're going to do it anyway. So, as a support player myself, I think that this is the best patch I've lived through as a support. There have been so many great quality of life changes. The ward stacking stuff has been great. The wind lace has been wonderful for getting some low-level mobility for rotations and ganks. Raindrops have been a lifesaver for a very low price against some of these magic bursty heroes like Tinker and Golden Come has been great. Supports are getting a lot of money and obviously not we're not drowning in it but it's just so much easier to do your job and to get items other than just the bare minimum like TP and Brown Boots and I feel like it's really made the game overall better because supports with items make the game more interesting. Now if you're a carry I think it's been a good patch for carries. I don't think it's been as good for carries as it's been for supports. Because I think there have been a few sore spots. I think intelligence carries are not doing super great, which we'll talk about later. I think certain items are, are proving a little too dominant for carries. Again, something we'll talk about. And certain strategies are are, are proving a little too... Hmm. They overshadow the game in a way that's that's problematic. And I feel like offlaners have had it the hardest. They uh, It's it's still been an okay patch for them, too. But uh, the, our, our idea of what a good offlaner is these days has left a lot of classical offlaners out in the cold. Because a lot of offlaners that we're used to, offlaners like a Clockwork, for instance... Are not able to farm, are not able to push very well, and we need offlaners these days who are able to farm and push and get a lot out of the lane and really capitalize on farm. It's not enough to just be an initiator anymore, it seems like. Obviously, you can do it, but the meta is, is sort of leaning away from that. And the the uh, the offlaners who can't almost semi-carry are just not very popular these days. It's a uh, It's also a problem because they're starting to need to resort to the jungle just to get their job done because it's not enough to just survive your lane these days, not enough to just get your levels. You need some farm too because of the the carryification of offlaners. And that brings us to items because the first item I want to talk about is the Iron Talon. The Iron Talon is getting out of control. Its effect on jungling has been insane and I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's really awesome how it has made low-level jungling so much more viable for so many heroes. Lots of heroes you would never consider to be junglers are now able to jungle as a backup or even as, as a primary method now. A Venomancer jungle is a thing that you can do now and do well and make actually really ridiculous form if you don't get interrupted. The thing is, though, it's a little too effective. It's to the point where offlaners are sometimes encouraged to abandon their lanes just to jungle, not to give it up to a support to leave it empty and go to the jungle. And that's that's not healthy. I think it's a bad sign for the game. And I think it's good that the Iron Talon encourages play outside of the three central lanes, opens up the jungle to more heroes, to more play, especially early on. And I think it's a good thing. And I don't think we need to nerf Iron Talon. I think the rest of the game needs to react and evolve around Iron Talon. The jungle needs to change as a reaction to the Talon. As far as Agonyms upgrades, we're up to 89 now, and I think a lot of them are are pretty interesting or fun, or some of them are even really game-changing, right? Like, uh... And no, I think the Centaur Agonyms actually is really cool with its potential to reduce damage and have some omnidirectional uh initiation. I think uh there are some of them that really need a little more love. Specifically I'm gonna call out gyrocopter agonims as being hot garbage. And I think uh winter wyvern's is a cool idea, but it costs way too much mana and it could use a little love. But overall I think what we've been doing with uh Agonyms upgrades has been a really good trend. We're, uh, we're getting new Agnoms is a pretty good rate, and when agnums upgrades end up sucking, Ice Frog goes back and gets new ones. So I don't really have much to complain about on that front. I think uh, Rod of Atos is, is pretty underpowered and underpicked. Um, Ice Frog, like this has been the case for a while now, in my opinion, and Ice Frog has has not given the item any love, and I think was expecting the community to sort of come back around to it and that hasn't happened, and I think it needs a little buff to get back in in our good graces. Um, On the other hand, I think the changes made to the build to Abyssal Blade making it a Vanguard instead of a Sacred Relic, making it more uh, defensive in that way, and more of a niche pick instead of a a universal pickup for carries has been really good for the game, and I really really applaud that move. The one item that... uh, hmm, maybe has been worse for the game than the Iron Talon has been. I mean, Manta Style's been in the game for a while, right? Manta Style's not new. But what Manta Style has become is new and really troubling. Um, people are picking it up just for the Dispel, in some cases, which is really upsetting. Um, and, you know, upsetting, of course, is a relative term, but that's that's not... That's not so, not how it should be. Um, if you're a carry who naturally picks up a Manta style, you are, like, with only a few exceptions, like Phantom Lancer, you are therefore one of the best carries in this meta. It's such a dominant item, and it needs a nerf to bring it back in line, and it's not so powerful that it's breaking the game, right? It's just sort of warping the game because of what a universal pick-it-up it is, how however present it is, is sort of changing the face of the game. And that sort of brings us to our section on strategies, because illusion strategies have become a real, real problem. Um, I would say that one of the basic tenets of competitive game design is that strategies should have pros and cons, strengths and weaknesses, right? If you have a strategy that is low risk, it should in most cases be low reward and if you have a strategy that is a high reward one it should be high risk you should get in what you put out and that's not a universal statement just because something is high risk should not make it rewarding but if you're getting a lot it should be because you worked for it and if you're not working very hard you probably shouldn't get paid off too much for that illusion split push strategies break this rule they are low-risk, high-reward. They are very easy and safe to execute, and they will apply a devastating amount of pressure to the enemy team. Part of this is because of how good Manta is. But also, part of it is a result of heroes like Naga Siren, Terrorblade, Shadow Demon, and Alchemist being good. And obviously, Alchemist is not inherently an illusion hero, but we all know how he gets built these days. He's a poor man's Naga Siren. And maybe it's more apropos to say he's a rich man's Naga siren, I guess um, fundamental changes need to occur to how illusions work to curb this trend because it's simply not good game design, fun to fight or to watch when people can farm and push and pressure constantly without putting themselves at very much risk it's just It's just bad for the game, obviously, a big part of this is radiance, but radius is not radiance is not the real problem. And I think if you if you need hard proof of that, I think Terrorblade is the best proof because he very rarely gets a Radiance and his split push with Illusions is out of control. <sighs> it bums me out to think about because Illusion strats are just so frustratingly good and uninteresting and they can choke out a game. Um neutral denying is getting a little bit out of control in the in the pro meta it's not like it's not a huge deal but if we're addressing things let's address it you should not be suiciding to neutrals just because you want to get a free tp back to base that should probably not be rewarded that's a little too that's a little much there should be some downsides for that neutral denying as far as like denying enemies a kill is a proud tradition and really great But, like, intentional suiciding when you're not at danger, I think, is something that we should probably get rid of. And for all that complaining, I think the other parts of the meta strategy is really fantastic right now. I think the trend towards early roaming and aggression is really great for both players and for watchers. And I think it makes the game more dynamic and more fun. There are fewer all-in strategies people are trying to draft, like, well-rounded drafts with a few key strengths they can leverage teamwork and coordination are king especially in the pro scene they're what win games and i think all of these are really great and i would really hate to lose any of them they've made watching pro scene matches fantastic and they've made the pub games where i'm able to invoke some of them incredibly fun so now we're going to briefly talk about heroes and a lot of this is going to be negative and that's I mean mostly I think the heroes are in a really good place. A lot of heroes are really well positioned. There's not a lot that's super overpowered right now and I think it's pretty great. But if uh, if it was just, you know, 10 minutes of me listing the names of heroes and saying that guy's okay, good job, that wouldn't be interesting. So this is going to be negative because there are going to be some things that I think we need changing. And first off, I got to mention Jakiro. Um He's, he's desperately in need of some love. His spells are solid, though they could maybe use some slight buffs, but he is destroyed by his turn speed and his cast times. It means he can't leverage his spells because he can't get in position to use them in time. He's slow, he's immobile, and he's not powerful enough for those weaknesses to be worth it. And also, incidentally, his model still looks like incredibly hot garbage. Gyrocopter is... uh. Ooh, that boy that boy had a real peak in competitive play and also in, in some in pub play, and he has had a hell of a downfall, and he's now I would say one of the worst heroes in the game um Changes to flat cannon stuff had made him really unable to farm very quickly, and he's always relied on his farming speed to stay relevant now he just needs to pick tons of fights, but he's not that good at that anymore he's just not very good these days um and he needs a little bit of love. One that's a little more nebulous is is something I mentioned earlier, is that a lot of intelligence cores are struggling to remain relevant. Um, The last couple of patches have have given us a lot of stuff for strength and agility uh, cores, like the Echo Saber and the Dragon Lance, which are really great for them, right? Really great, pretty quick build items that give stats, that give some additional functionality and are very strong. Neither of those are very good for intelligence heroes. The, uh, The big addition, I would say, for an intelligence hero in those patches was the Bloodthorn, which is really expensive. It's a very late-game item, as opposed to Echo Saber and Dragonlance, which are both pretty early game. And also, it's not, like, it's certainly not bad, it's certainly a good item, but it's not, like, a crazy good item. Like, where Dragonlance is a crazy good item, and on the people Echo Saber is good on, it's a crazy good item. Intelligence cores haven't really had their, their version of that. And there's, beyond that, there's really no universal problem among intelligence cores that I can spot like, some, like, Wind Ranger, a personal favorite of mine, just takes too long to get going in this meta where you need to be relevant at just about every stage of the game. And then there are others like Lena, who up front has some relevance with her magic burst and Laguna Blade and such, but after, like, the 20-minute mark, she just falls off so hard. And there, Then there's, you know, heroes like Visage, who's basically never relevant because he's just so badly off um the only intelligence core i can think of who is doing well is outworld devourer and even he's he's not like he's not overpowered he's he's in the conversation he's doing okay but he's kind of borderline um and seeing as so many intelligence cores that are having trouble Makes me think that there's maybe some some bigger problem below the surface that I just can't see. But it's definitely, it's definitely the case that a lot of intelligence cores are suffering right now. Um, an intelligence hero who I would not call a core, but is suffering, is Techies. Techies is a goddamn joke right now. And uh, I'm not here to say you need to buff Techies, because I don't think that would solve anything. I think you need to rework Techies. I think you keep landmines, I think you keep suicide squad attack and on his W and on his R you go back to the drawing board. I think actually the uh, the nerfs on him were pretty aggressive and they needed to be because the design was a fucking mess. Um on paper it looked great. I certainly I certainly didn't have any beef. I'm not yelling at Ice Frog here, but um the design was not fun to play against, and was really binary, and you had to nerf him to be underpowered just so he didn't make people have a really unpleasant time with the game. Um, he's a really unique and, and hard design challenge, and I I don't think any of us saw coming what a mess he would be. But it's time to rework some, some parts of those boys and, and get them back into shape. On the other side of the equation, you have Alchemist, who is a fucking monster Right now, and it's not that he's overpowered, though he is probably a bit too strong. It's more that he has such an easy time getting into that low risk, high reward illusion strategy given his farming speed. Whereas heroes like Terrorblade and Naga Siren have to really work to get up to that full pushing potential, Alchemist can get it really quickly. And so he forces the other team to play a specific strategy. You gank Alchemist early and often or you lose. And I think for me and for a lot of people, one of the things that makes Dota so special is how fluid and flexible the game is. There are so many amazing combinations and tactics that you can put together to win a game. And Alchemist boils those down and leaves you with one option. Hunt him relentlessly or lose. In that way I think he's really unhealthy for the game, just the way he he boils down the possibility space and, and narrows things down so that there's really only one choice, and I just don't think it's it's good for the game. Less extreme I would say is Life Stealer, who is a a, a design that I think is really cool, but he needs to get nerfed. Right now he's got a really powerful slow, he's got a built in BKB. He's got great initiation with any teammate who's willing to work with him. He's got escape by the same virtue. He's got really good damage. He just has a really fantastic built-in toolkit that covers so many possibilities and options, and he's just too strong right now. And so I could go on and on, right? But ultimately, I think this has been one of the best patches and metas I've ever seen in Dota 2. I've really, really enjoyed my time. And I don't want to come across as overly negative or a hater. I've been delighted by this meta and this patch and all the amazing times we've had with it. But a thing that I really believe and I really hold close to heart is that there's always room to improve. And the road is endless. We've gotten a chance to rest with this meta for a good long time. We've had a few minor patches that tweaked things, but basically the meta has stayed the same for quite a while. And really, with as good as this one's been, it would be okay if this was the last patch we ever got. At least in my book. But it's not the last patch we're ever going to get. A new patch is coming. A new meta is coming. And I think I'm ready to start a new journey. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been uh, the state of the game address for 6.88. This was something a little different, obviously, uh, as, as, as me ranting for... Uh, Twenty minutes was going to have to be. Uh, so let me know your thoughts on this. Uh, how it went. It was a little rough to record. You probably heard my voice get get bad at a few points. Needed a lot of glasses of water. Um, so you can let me any let me know any any feedback you've got. I'm at six two six four on Twitter. Or if you want to email us, you can email bottlecrowreborn at gmail dot com. And of course, the official bottlecrow Twitter is at bottlecrow we'll see messages you send there and if you know you have something good maybe we'll read it on the show uh, if you like the work we do here you can go to uh, patreon.com/scanlandmedia that is a patreon for this podcast and also some other podcasts and, and games journalism that i do with a friend over on scanlandmedia.com any contributions you give us will help us buy new equipment or new games none of it goes towards you know like luxury purchases or or day to day it's all just for stuff for the site um, I want to give a big thank you to Reddit user Promoti for your use of his Harmonies of New Bloom music pack which we use as our intro and outro music around here and uh, you can also get it in-game of course in Dota 2 and I highly recommend it it is still what I use and uh, thanks so much for listening guys we'll uh, we'll see you next time hopefully with a full crew bye